Hi, my name is Joy from HealingJoy.com, and I'm a spiritual medium. I haven't always been one. Actually, I grew up in a traditional Chinese family and became an engineer. So my entry into the metaphysical world wasn't easy because honestly, I wasn't looking for it. Trust me, telling my parents that I wanted to leave the corporate world and do readings and healings for people wasn't the easiest conversation to have. But me coming to terms with being a medium in this intangible world of the supernatural, spirits, guides, other realms, it's been a challenge. And I'm still struggling to say what I do for work when I meet new people. This podcast is for me to share with you some of those challenges and to help answer some questions that you may not know who to ask or where to start from. I've been developing and working as a spiritual medium for over 10 years now, and I want to share with you some of these experiences in the hope that it can help you out in your own journey. Because I'm recording this from my house, apparently the most soundproof place is my closet, so welcome to The Closet Medium. Hi everyone! In the spirit of Halloween, I have a special guest. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about spooky stories. And I have my friend Mark here, who is a psychic medium who specializes in spooky demonic energies. I usually call upon Mark when there's a big entity or house clearing that I need help with, and he gladly volunteers. So welcome, Mark. It's great to be here, Joy. Thank you very much. And great to speak with you as we approach Halloween. So Mark, why the fascination with the dark arts and the spooky stories? When did that start? As a child, I lived in a home which was filled with spirits. Some of them were good, some of them were scary. And in the basement, we even had monsters. As an adult, I became interested in helping other people uh, deal with this kind of entity. And in in the case of lost souls, help lost souls move into the light. So you're essentially a ghostbuster. I guess you could say that, yes, amongst other things. So what has been your scariest encounter? Well, that's a good question. Uh, some, some encounters are scary because the entity brings the energy of fear with them. So I'm never afraid of ghosts or monsters or demons or whatever I come across. But sometimes when I experience that fear, it's actually because they're, they're, they're bringing it like a, almost like a perfume or a scent. So what you're saying is maybe the person's not really scared of what's there, but that entity or energy is projecting fear onto them? That's right. That's right. Sometimes uh, ghosts, uh, they, they really like to go boo and, um, and try and deliberately scare us. But also sometimes their mere presence brings that feeling of fear that we're all familiar with. Oh, that's interesting. So what was the scariest entity that you've ever encountered? I think the scariest entity I've encountered is actually a dragon. I know in some cultures, uh, dragons aren't scary, but if you've ever, you know, experienced a, a whale close up or seen a bull elephant in the wild, you'll have a sense of what it is to encounter, encounter a dragon. And certainly they, they're very large and very intimidating. Uh, the energy isn't scary, but you wouldn't want one to breathe fire on you or stand on you or something like that. So where did you encounter a dragon? And did you actually see it? Yes, I saw the dragon. Uh, The dragon was 
more of a more of the uh, Asian style dragon in that it was almost indistinguishable from a serpent and it had many tentacles. These tentacles were like skewers that speared individuals and they were kind of controlled by the dragon in life. It was in meditation that I was able to trace it back to a plane. I don't think it was the astral plane. It was a, a similar plane though. When I experience that plane, it comes across to me as if I'm floating in, in the night sky with lots of stars. So were you in a meditative group setting or were you by yourself and it just suddenly came at you? I was trying to help uh, a family where the uh, wife of, 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 the, of the man who contacted me was having some challenges. And when I looked into it, one of the things I discovered was that she had been uh, working with a, a dragon essentially for most of her life. The tentacle that skewered her was uh, maybe 20 centimeters across, right through the middle of her stomach. So what happens when one is skewered with a dragon? I mean, was she being controlled by this thing? I mean, could you see it? What was going on? The dragon was feeding off her energy and she was experiencing the power of the dragon. This person had been very successful in business three times and each time had lost the fortune. So it was as if the dragon uh, enjoyed her success, but also enjoyed her failure. Well, that's interesting. So how did you deal with this dragon? Interestingly, it was one of those few occasions where the best course of action was just to leave things alone. When I asked the dragon to withdraw its tentacle, the dragon shrugged, said, yeah, sure, and pulled away slightly at the tentacle. But as you can imagine, if you've been skewered by a tentacle for many years, it leaves a big hole. And as soon as the dragon withdrew the tentacle, the lady became extremely uncomfortable. And I was concerned for her physical health, that if we actually re removed the tentacle, that she may suffer considerably. So it was actually better to leave things as they were. And we moved to uh, a different kind of um, therapy, if you like, to try and help her and her family's situation. So there's a lady with a skewered tentacle walking around somewhere? There certainly is. And uh, from what I saw of the dragon, th that dragon had many, many, many people on the end of its skewers. Really? So there's a dragon going around and you're not there to get rid of it? On this particular occasion, yes. And that's perhaps why it was so scary. This magnificent beast, as magnificent as a whale or a bull elephant, was there basically interrupting people's lives and helping them here and taking away there, manipulating them almost. But in this particular lady's case, because she'd experienced perhaps 40 or 50 years uh, of working with this dragon, she, uh, she would have found it very difficult if the dragon were taken away. It would have impacted her lifestyle incredibly. Had she asked me to remove the dragon, that would be a different thing. But I think that in removing the dragon, it could have affected her fortune considerably. So how come the dragon didn't go after you or skewer you? Well, the dragon did skewer me. And because, uh, because it only happened uh, for a very short time, the skewer was like the tip. And the skewer had entered me at the third chakra, in my, so in my solar plexus. 
and I was able to remove it without too much fuss. I felt very discombobulated and went to see a psychic healer for a few sessions to repair my aura after this incident. So you got the dragon lease off of you? Most certainly did, yeah. Had the dragon been, you know, attached to me for 40 or 50 years, uh, then it might have been a different experience altogether. But then again, the, the person I'm referring to uh, had known extreme wealth in her life, and uh, maybe that would have been an interesting experience for me to ex- experience extreme wealth. Interesting. It almost sounds like one of those things, careful what you ask for, almost like a curse if you want... Uh, extreme wealth or fame it's like you make a bargain and there are trade-offs absolutely she knew that she was working with dark entities she didn't know what they were and she didn't know what the outcomes were and the dragon was just one of several we were able to work with some of the other entities to make her more at peace and, and bring more harmony to the family well that was really interesting considering I'm born in the year of the dragon and I'm Asian but I'm not offended But I can say it was an interesting story where this woman dabbled in the dark arts and in a way dark attracts dark and there are consequences for it. So thank you for sharing that. But I'm wondering, have you encountered anything from like what you see in horror movies? Like bleeding walls, creaking doors, moving flying objects? Well, funnily enough, yes. I have, and in keeping with Halloween, I I once had an experience which was just like a a movie about Halloween. So, a lady contacted me, and her apartment was being impacted by a a mischievous spirit, and she filmed many things that were happening in the apartment, uh, furniture moving, lights flashing, a little indoor plant that mysteriously uh, waved around when there was no breeze. So I visited her apartment to to get a feel for the phenomena and it felt very strange, but I did a clearing. Uh, I burnt sage, I did all the things that you would expect to do and we cleared the apartment and I did a, a, a healing on the lady and everything was fine for about two days. And then what happened? Well, about two days later, I was sitting at home alone and I suddenly noticed that my cat was very interested in a piece of space in the middle of the room. And wherever I picked up the cat and put the cat down, the cat would still stare at this particular spot of empty space. And I got a great sense of dread, a sense of fear. I was very uncomfortable. And uh, I thought, you know, this is energy. This is some kind of dark energy which has entered the home. I wonder what it's about. And so at first I ignored it. My wife was out. She came home and we both went to bed and she came out of the ensuite bathroom and she walked through a wall of energy. What she didn't realize was she actually stepped through a ghost and I'd been staring at the ghost the whole time. Okay, that's kind of freaky. Well, the ghost was freaky in particular because it was dressed like a ghost. It was wearing a a black shroud with a big pointy head, very large, kind of floating in midair, and was was really quite a, a scary image. 
when I spoke to the ghost, it ignored me. And there was something more terrifying in that silence than if the ghost had actually been speaking. And so, of course, I thought, right, uh, we'll get the guides involved, we'll get the angels involved, I'll do a proper meditation, and I'm going to tackle this ghost head on. So how did you get rid of it? Well, look, it's a long story, but I'll give you a little background. The ghost was a lady. She was an actress in the Middle Ages, and she had a kind of an entourage with her, which were, you know, members of the troupe or entities she'd picked up along the way. So she was like the, if you like, the star of the show. And as an actress, she certainly know how to put on a show as being a scary ghost. So eventually I managed to persuade her to remove her cowl, this, uh, this black shroud. And underneath was a, you know, just a, a cheeky young woman who uh, was there to, uh, you know, wreak havoc for her own amusement. And everything was fine for a little while. She went away, just like she promised she would. But she flatly refused to go into the light. And there was nothing I could do to persuade her. As far as she was concerned, she was a mischievous ghost having fun. And she'd been doing it for a long time. And she was going to continue to do it. Maybe not at my place. And maybe not at the uh, the, the apartment of the lady who'd first contacted me. But she was going to often, you know, she was going to go off and do it somewhere else. So... After she'd visited maybe me maybe three times, and each time I pretty much said, hey, it's you, I told you to go away once before. I had an idea. I said to her, you know the kind of work I do. I work with monsters and demons and scary ghosts and, and, and you know, spirits that just uh, need to some help to go on to the other side. Maybe you'd like to help me. And she was so excited and she said, I'd love to. I reckon this was the first meaningful work she'd done in hundreds of years. And so she agreed. She was very happy. We became good friends. And I look forward to the day when we actually do some work, because to be honest, she just disappeared. She didn't have the attention span or, or the patience to wait around. Basically, she just disappeared and I haven't seen her since. <laughs> That's interesting. So you can negotiate with ghosts, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of people in my situation may have, uh, you know, felt that they, they, they couldn't take things further once she had refused to go into the light. But that was OK. We were still able to negotiate an outcome. And uh, she's very welcome to visit me anytime she likes. I made that very clear to her. And she's very clear to help me next time we need to tackle some demons. In fact, I'm going to... Uh, tackle a haunted house tomorrow and uh, this story has just reminded me I might uh, try and reach out to her uh, on the astral plane and see if she wants to come with me and uh, help me out. Well that's great making friends as you battle demons but what if you're just trying to fight off some entity or something scary what's the best way to fight them off if you can't negotiate with them? Well, I have, I've been doing this for a very long time and I have many tools and many guides and, and teachers that help me. But for, for the average person, you can always ask for help from your guides, from the angels, from St. Michael, whatever your belief system suggests to you is possible. Those, that's really helpful. You can say a prayer to your God. That's extremely useful. And the other thing that most people don't think of is to use the power of love. The reason I say this is 
dark entities have very little uh, in their in their means to to combat against love. It's almost when you when you send your love to a dark entity, it's almost as if they say, "Hey, that's not fair. That's cheating. I can't do anything about this." And so send send your love. So if you are faced with a with a ghost or, or some other entity that you can't do anything about, sending their, 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 your love to them is, a, is kind of quite a powerful protection. So you're telling a ghost, I love you? Is that the best way to do it? I love you, even though they're scary? A scary ghost is scary because of the unpleasant experiences they had in life. And we, I, I feel empathy for, for people who've had bad experiences, and I feel empathy for ghosts that have had bad experiences. And I want to help the ghost just as much as I, I want to help the person whose house is being haunted and perhaps whose life is being made of misery. Do you say I love you to the demon and the monsters as well? Well, you could say that, but in my experience, it doesn't work at all. They, they kind of, um, you know, they don't have the same feelings uh, that we have. I think that demons and monsters would tend to take advantage uh, of, your, of, of what they would perceive as weakness if you were to uh, use that approach. So how do you fight off demons and monsters? They're kind of like vermin. And you can't kill a demon. And you can't kill a monster. What you have to do is to take them somewhere else. And by that I don't mean next door. When, when we deal with monsters and demons, we, we, we try and put them on the other side of the universe. So far away that, you know, it'll take a thousand lifetimes to, to get from wherever they are to here in a fast car. And how does one transfer something to the other side of the universe? I personally rely upon help with a lot of guides, a lot of angels, and a lot of teachers who've taught me how to do this stuff. And I couldn't do it without them. Uh, and they've helped me uh, come up with uh, solutions that, that uh, enable me to be able to do this. Well, I definitely agree with you there, Mark. A lot of times when I encounter something, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. The guides will usually guide me on what to do to help move the entity, the demon, the spirit along. But generally, I use love for most healings, for readings, for clearings, and it is a very powerful vibrational force. So with that, we're going to do a meditation about love today. And Mark has graciously volunteered to host the meditation. So if you have a candle, go ahead and light it and just get yourself seated in a comfortable position. Okay. So let us all take a deep breath. Draw in air into your lungs, fill in first the chest and then the stomach, and exhale, and another. Allowing yourself to relax, and fall into a meditative state Feeling calm and peace, and allowing the feeling of calm and peace to be all around you. And today we're going to focus on love. And as most of us know, love is associated with the fourth chakra, the heart chakra. Often associated with the color green, but also a lovely rose colored pink. So let us take one more deep breath before we focus 
on our heart chakra. And imagine that that chakra is like a rosebud, a tiny pink rosebud, green leaves tightly surrounding a pink center. And with every breath we take and every beat of our heart, imagining that we're allowing that rosebud to grow, growing larger and larger. Seeing that flower open, seeing it open as wide as a rose flower can, looking deep into the center of the pink rose and seeing the green stamens that reside within. And as we allow the rose to grow larger and larger, experience love right now. Experience love for yourself. Experience love for your loved ones, your family, your friends, and fill the room with love. And have that love travel from your room to the rest of your home. The surroundings. And be surrounded with the pink bubble of love, a pink bubble that first is as wide as your arms and then goes to as far as you could throw a stone and then this bubble of wonderful pink love energy is as far as you can see in all directions, above, before you, behind, around you and below you and sending that love in all directions and taking a deep breath and drawing in the love, drawing it back into your body and letting the love return to you through your nostrils as you breathe in, passing through every part of your body and feeling the love traveling through your body to the tips of your fingers, the tips of your toes, the top of your head and throughout your entire body so that your body is completely filled with love and knowing that you've sent it to everybody that you love in life everybody that you love in spirit and everybody who needs a little love right now today and feeling that love and sending that love to the people we love, but also even the people we're not too sure about. Send them some love too, because you know, they probably need it even more than we know. But above all, feeling the love, and experiencing the love, and enjoying the love, and being the love. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. That was beautiful. Well, thank you, Mark, for coming today. We've really enjoyed your time here. And I've heard that you have many, many stories to offer, so I'm sure we'll have you back. I've also heard that you even have a genie in a bottle somewhere. 
Yes, I I did capture uh, a genie recently, which was a surprise, and so it seemed appropriate to catch it in a bottle, which I did. And now the bottle is currently in my garden shed, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do with it. But uh, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe we can talk about that another day. I'm sure we'll be back with more stories from you soon. So thank you again, and have a good day, everyone. Thank you so much.